When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to A Pod Too Far, the war movies podcast for war movies people. It's nearly Christmas and the podcast is stuck behind the wire. Yes, it's Starlag 17. My name's Rob Hutton and I've seen all of my comrades blown open across my plane. With me is a man I think I can trust, but can I really? It's Duncan Weldon. Hello, Rob. Starlag 17, uh, Billy Wilder coming off Sunset Boulevard, Ace in the Hole makes this... Uh, so what, at the time, is it they're, they're not sure about it. POW movie... When did you went? How many times have you seen this? Oh, I must have probably actually no, probably no more than four or five. Right, I probably first saw it. You know, classic nineteen eighties film. I think this is probably the first time I've sat down to watch it, intending to do so. But it, it always seems to be one of those films that, I mean, th- th- you know, this is this is about as Boxing Day movie as they come. I think it is. I don't think I'm conscious of having seen it before I made a conscious choice to watch it as an adult. But I, it has now become part of my Christmas. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, you have to, it's a Christmas comedy, pure war camp thriller, a very, very unique genre. Well, it is. I mean, so the oddest thing about this film to me is the opening line, which is you don't see very many films about POWs. Yes, because you do now. Yes, uh, but you didn't, I think, to be yeah. fair. In, yeah. uh, in And in fact, so it, it's, a, it's a 1953 film based on a 1951 play yeah. written by two men who were in... German POW camps. Um, Donald Bevan, who was a uh, B-17 gunner who was shot down in April 43, and I'm going to get his name wrong, um, Edmund Trzynski, um, who was in Starlog 17. And he, in fact, you can see him in the film. He is the man uh, who keeps saying, I believe it, about uh, his wife's um, uh, finding a baby on the doorstep. I believe it. (laughs) Um, So they, they write this play, and it's a Broadway hit. Yeah. And so they decide to make it into a film. Billy Wilder adapts it. And it's filmed in, I think, uh, 52. And then, and this is this is just a sort of a fascinating uh, vignette. The studio decides they don't want to release it because they don't think anyone will be interested in a film about POWs. That's tremendous. You've got to love the decision making. You know, yeah, let's, let's buy the rights to this. Let's hire some crew, well, some actors. I mean, it's like, it is actually like the the the, the people who looked at the Marvel sort of universe yeah. and said, look, you've sold Spider-Man. What have you got? <laughs> uh, and, which is sort of sensible, except that yeah. it, it turns out quite a lot. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, and so this is, I think you can say that this is the film that sort of that, that introduces yeah. people to the idea that POWs yeah. might be 
there's interesting human drama yeah. there. But there have been British POW films, haven't there? Okay, so there are, in fact, um, a couple of POW films uh, that come out before this. Um, there is a couple of which you probably won't have seen. Um, there is The Captive Heart in 1946, which is based on a true story. The one that people would have come across is The Wooden Horse, which is probably the early canonical clever pilots trying to trying to put together a, a whizzy escape um, uh, using a jumping box. And the same year that uh, Starlog 17 comes out, but a bit late, made a bit later, is Albert RN, which, again, probably most people haven't seen. But I don't think that any of these films make much of a dent in the uh, US box office. I think you can probably make the case that The Wooden Horse kicks off the British POW movie. It, it, it is probably fair, as the Americans say, that they're just unaware of these any of these. But anyway, back to the sergeants at Salag 17. And in fact, the reason they decide that there might be an audience for this is because a Korean war is kicking off and there are stories about Korean oh, POWs okay, yes, being released. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe people are interested in these guys. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a Donald Trump thing. Who wants to see a film about losers? Yeah, that's true. Uh, it wins uh, William Holden, its star, and Oscar. Yeah, uh, I, I deserved one actually. Yeah, well, although he thought that really he deserved it for Sunset Boulevard, yeah. and this was a sort of compensatory sort of one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of the shortest Oscar acceptance speeches on record. It was, and I'm going to give it to you in full. Thank you, thank you. A man, a few words. Well, or some I sort think of he a... wanted to say more, but there was some kind of advert break. Oh, there thing. we go. There so, we go. Um... I mean, to be honest, I'd, I'd probably watch the Oscars if they limited yeah. speeches to that. <laughs> um, so, um, Holden. There's other people who were considered for the role. Uh, Charlton Heston, who would have been wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can sort of see why, but he would have been wrong. wrong. Kurt Douglas? Yeah, wrong in a similar way. I mean, you don't yeah, want... Yeah, too, too, too much of a manly man. I yeah, mean, exactly. The, the, when we did work, Pass unless... of Glory, the bit where Kurt Douglas has got his shirt off, you think, oh, right, well, yeah. you know, the, you're, you're, you're ripped. And yeah. although Kurt Douglas, I think, has got the darkness to him yes. that the role requires. Yes. Charlton Heston certainly does. But, but Holden, who, as it, you know, he's, he's just done Sunset Boulevard yeah. with Billy Wilder. Wilder knows that Holden can bring, yeah. bring this... What this... I mean, what a lot of Billy Wilder films have is cynicism, but yeah. but he he can bring. But the that's cynic. just worth saying. Worth saying, you know, reminding ourselves this is a Billy Wilder movie. Yeah, and like you know, who else can do this and Sunset Boulevard and direct Marilyn Monroe movies? I mean, it's a, it's just what a range of. Um... I mean, it's interesting. I, so there's a sort of revisionism about Wilder that maybe he wasn't all that. Really? You know? Yeah, but I, I just think I think as you say, you know, well, he was pretty good. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. There's a lot of films. You, you look at the list of films yeah. released in 1953. How many of them are, is, is anyone still watching? He was Austrian as well, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 So um, he. I mean, yes, he very much has views about the yes. Nazis. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because um, yeah. uh, he's born in 06. He's he's yeah. sort of he's a journalist, and then he's a screenwriter in Germany. And pretty yeah. quickly after yeah. Hitler comes to power, he decides, yeah. rightly for a yes. young Jewish man, that his future yeah. lies in America. Um, and uh, and makes some great some interesting films during the war. Yeah. Um, we are, which we will come back to yeah. in a future episode um, if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but William Holden, um, yeah. who can do cynicism, um, he was in the war. He was in the U.S. Air Force. Yeah. Um, he was a first lieutenant, though mainly acting in um, training films. Yeah. My other favorite thing that he is doing around this time is he is the best man to which future president? Oh, that's what we can say. Okay, um, best man to which future 1950s. 
He'd been in the Air Force in the war. Which U.S. president is getting married? Which U.S. president is in California? Is it, is it Nixon? No, it's um, uh, Ronald Reagan. Is it? Yeah. Oh, acting, 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 acting. acting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, opportunity. I can't remember who said this, but there's, there's somebody on being told that um, Reagan is running for governor. Some producer yeah. says, no, no, that's wrong. Jimmy Stewart for governor, Ronald <laughs> Reagan for best friend. That um, <laughs> remains, remains yeah. one of my favorite political yeah. quotes. Um, they, film, they shoot the film in chronological order and they don't tell the cast. Who the traitor is? Oh, that's very nice. But it, it's unusual to shoot in chronological. It is because it's expensive and and, and, yeah. And, yeah. and difficult. But yeah. um, but they wanted to have they. I guess they. I mean, I don't know that it particularly helps. Because you know these guys are actors, right? They can yeah, add. Yeah. And several of them. In, what would help? So several of them have been in the play, so they'll yeah. know. And actually, this sort of this bitterness and the cynicism starts from the opening monologue because yeah. the opening monologue is him complaining about war movies and yes. complaining the one film he names is The Flying Le- Leathernecks which yeah. is a John Wayne yeah. I'm setting you up this is not going to be that kind of war movie yeah yeah, and it's not going to be a, a war movie about heroics although in fact there's some heroics in it, but it, it so this a... is the criticism of Billy Wilder Mm-hmm. Is that is essentially this that he will give you an hour and forty five minutes of there are no heroes, yeah. and then William Holden will go and and yeah, rescue someone. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and and of course, the thing is, partly that's what the audience wants. Yes, exactly. That's why these that's why these films are successful. Yeah. That's why I want yeah. to watch this film every Christmas yeah. because. Although I, you know, I I like a bit of cynicism. Yeah. I also quite like it when, when. I mean, also, I mean, also, this is quite funny. Yes, I mean, you know, if, if, <laughs> this, this is the thing you, you, very easy to forget when you're describing the film. People, it is genuinely quite funny. Yeah, um, and, and actually, so right, so partly because because they're all sergeants. Yes, which is this lovely setup. Yeah. That you, you, he says, you just can't imagine anything worse than a whole load of sergeants. Yes, and they're all stuck together in this, yeah. this barracks. Yeah. Is that because basically all? If you you were on the plane, you were either a um, a, le- you were a lieutenant, you're a if you were, in the, sergeant, if you were yeah. in the, up the front, and yeah, you yeah. were yeah. everyone else was a sergeant. Yeah, yeah. Because of some rank, I did, the RAF didn't do it that way. Did they? I don't think so. No, no I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, but the Americans, it's plausible they did. So yeah, and you've got all these people who are. You know, used to generally in their military experience having people to boss around below them, and then suddenly there isn't. <laughs> and it's different. So it's different from the in the Great Escape. They're all officers. Yeah. Yes, which is your more classic prisoner of war film. Yeah, Colditz. They're Trump. all officers, so yeah. they're all you know degrees of posh chap. Yeah. Um, I mean, I we've established, in fact, in this podcast that no one has a duty to escape, but yeah. I don't think that. The NCOs really don't have a duty no, to escape. Yeah. If you see what I mean. The yeah. sort of um, that the film that I find myself comparing this to is King Rat. Yes, but I mean, uh, partly oh, right, because okay, we've done it. Yeah, in but this they season. are very different. But films. they are. But 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 the reason we're well, okay is because because I love this film. When yeah. we watch King Rat, and you yeah. see at the start, oh well, here's this guy yeah, you know, yeah. who um, and literally there is a fried egg scene in both of yes, them. Yes, there is. There is. I thought, oh, King Rat is going to be another Starlight Seventeen, and yeah, it's and it's really not. No, that's into Starlight Seventeen. So okay, so you, it's a very striking opening, I think. Yeah. So you know, you get the guys sort of attempting to escape and being killed. Yeah. And then the next thing, it's about sort of ogling the Russian women in the camp um, next door. It's that, that sort of contrast. You know, you you, see, you could watch. Now, interestingly, I hadn't realised this was quite so early in sort of the the pantheon, as it were, of mm. prisoner of war films. So I guess that lots of the things I think of as tropes are established 
Yeah, well, I think I think I think you could certainly make that case, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah. But you know, so but you, you know that opening scene of you know that opening of like the guys trying to escape being killed. You're like, okay, fair enough. Straightforward prisoner of war film. I know what I'm in for. And then you're into the um, ogling the Russian women in the camp next to Oh, didn't expect that. Yeah, that, no, that, that's right. Some, yes. Um, so, so in the Great Escape, there were no women at all. Yeah. Um, in this film, which takes place entirely behind the wire, yeah. they one of the things they work really well is they have quite yeah. a, actually quite a large cast yeah. of women. Although, well, we'll come to that. But yeah. um, uh, to, so, one of my questions about this to go back slightly: mm-hmm. Does the ending cheat by having the antihero become the hero? I mean, I think they get away with it. I think they get away with it. There is, there is a critical view that, that that it's a cheat. I think it gets away with it partly because you have the William Holden line, you know, yeah. just pretend we never met. Yeah. I Basically, I still hate all of you. Yes. And he establishes, I'm doing this for the money. Yes. You know, which I don't think we're really supposed to believe that. I no, think, but I, I, but, I don't. But I, look, it, it, you know. I think this is a very overtly harsh critical line to take. Yeah. You know. I think this is one of these things where basically people – there is a thing where a film's yeah. been popular for 70 years and people are trying to think of something yeah. something new to say about yeah. it. Um, yeah. The other thing is there is a lot of comic relief in this film. An, an awful lot, yeah. And do you, does that work? I think it does. Now, I think this film without the comic relief would actually not be – anyway, I wouldn't watch it again. I mean, you know, I would yeah. do this podcast if we were going to talk about it, but I wouldn't you know, actively seek it out. You know, because this is this is yeah, I said comedy thriller, and it is. I mean, it's genuinely funny, and I think without that comic relief, it just there isn't enough of a thriller element mm. to sustain it as a film yeah. without the comedy. I don't think you need both, and I, there isn't enough comedy to sustain it without the thriller element either. It's a really nice blend. I think that I was thinking today, if if I had to cut five minutes, I think you could probably cut in the, the sort of towards the end. There's a dance sequence where Animal thinks that he's seen Betty Grable and all of this yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I think. You could probably cut that, yeah. but you don't. Yeah. You wouldn't need to cut it. No, no, you know, no. and even that has its tragedy to it. Yeah. Now, have you ever seen Hogan's Heroes, the TV series? The TV the, series. I I will have seen the odd episode here or there. I think I'm just I'm just old enough that it was on Channel Four after okay. school, yeah. and so I have seen a surprising number of them. Yeah. So Hogan's Heroes, for people who don't know, is um, a sitcom. Yeah. In a in a German prisoner of war camp, where um, Lieutenant Colonel Hogan is yeah. running all of these scams and actually is sort of doing all sorts of spying and sabotage work from the safety of a prisoner of war yeah. camp, which really he's in charge of. Yeah, and it ran. I mean, it ran for several seasons. Yeah, the writers of Starlog Seventeen sued the uh, <laughs> sued the, the makers of Hulk Hogan's <laughs> Heroes. The jury sided with them, and then the judge threw it out. Oh. Um, I have to say, it's quite hard to watch this and not think of Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. And actually, in the the Fablemans, um, the uh, the Steven Spielberg film that came out this year, um, did one of the final scenes of that. He goes to see a producer who is working on Hogan's Heroes, yeah. who says, "Have you seen Starlog Seventeen? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, a nod. Yeah, <laughs> so yes, actually, so so Hogan's Heroes explicitly almost a nod and a wink, to be yeah, honest. I mean, it, it, <laughs> explicitly took the comedy. Yeah. From this and the relationship with the German guards, and said, "You know what? There's a, yeah. there's a sitcom there." Yeah. Let's go to the after-action report. Excellent. Quick, Dad, they're on the cable car. Um, it's hard to pick scenes in this film. It is because. <sighs> It doesn't have those classic classic action scenes we'd often no. talk about. It doesn't have the same sort of emotional 
things you want to miss. Um, I mean, I do like the opening. It is, it, it, it's gravy. It's gravy. It's an unusual twist on a, a um, op- Opens with betting cigarettes on men's lives. Yeah. Yep. Which you see again in Shawshank. I, we watched, yep. I watched Shawshank with the kids the other week and, and suddenly I thought, where have I seen this before? This, this sort of oh. betting cigarettes yeah. on, on people. Yeah. And where I've seen it before is uh, Starlight 17. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does, it does, it weaves really well. And I mean, if you, if you go, if you read critics of Billy Wilder, they say he's a writer, not a director. Um, but that means it's tremendously well written. Yes. Uh, and, it, and how and, close, and, how, and do you know how close it is to sort of the, the Broadway show? Because the more I, I think about it, the more it is quite a theat- theatrical is, film. You can I see how. I think it's pretty close. Stage. I mean, they used so um, Animal and Shapiro yeah. were both in the, okay. the Broadway yeah. play, and and largely build careers yeah. off the back of this, playing yeah. these comic characters. Yeah, I've never seen the seen yeah. or, or read the play, but I you get the impression it's it's all yeah. fairly close. And obviously, you know, the sort of um, one of the writers was happy to be in it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and it does feel it feels very. You could do this in one oh, set. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. I think the second half. I mean, basically, once the, once the radio has been confiscated, yeah. it's all. Yeah. Well, with the exception of the Betty Grable dance bit, yeah. I think it's basically all solid gold. Yeah. From there on, it just yeah. just one thing after another. Yeah. And I mean, actually, again, I read an early review of it that said this is this film is long, two hours. The thing was, it was long apparently because you wouldn't be able to fit it into a double bill with something oh, else. Oh, and that's how it used to work, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So if you want for... if you want a double bill stuff, you want two ninety minute films. Yes. This is what cinema used to be like. Yeah. They they said it's long, but it, you know it, there's not much wasted, and that's yeah. that's broadly my feeling. Yeah. That um and actually it's interestingly structured. So halfway through, we know that they we know explicitly that they've got a um that they that there is a stool pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. And. The reveal of who it is happens with half an hour to go. Yes. And in fact, I was thinking all of the bits of this film that are sort of, all the mysteries in this film are explained to the audience first. Yes. So yes, there is a stool pigeon, pigeon, and this is how they're communicating. Yeah. This is who the stool pigeon is. Yes. Even this is, where is Lieutenant Dunbar being, Lieutenant Dunbar, he's an American. Mm. Where is Lieutenant Dunbar being hidden? We are shown that. Yes. Very early, and it's, no, I hadn't picked. That's a really interesting sort of direct uh, directorial device, isn't it? Plot telling device. I hadn't picked up on that. But you're uh, right. We we know the answer, and we're watching the the, the, the suspense the is not the reveal. The suspense yeah. is how will Sefton? Yes, figure this out. Yeah. Do, well, it's how will Sefton figure it out, and yeah. what will Sefton do with the knowledge? And there's a bit where he explains. Yeah. You know, he explains. He knows who the traitor yes. is, but he can't just tell people. Yes. Because because what will they do with the information? Yeah. She's not so dumb. There are women in this film. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> women appear on the screen they do, in they the do, film. They do. They, they do. do. They do. Uh, shall we just move to the Dambuster's dog prize probably, for the problematic we probably, movie? I think we probably should. They feel sort of intrinsically linked in this particular. Um... I, at one level, I do not find it implausible that men who had been stuck behind barbed wire for two years, would learning learning that there yeah. were ladies showering two hundred yards away, would rig up a telescope to yes. try to watch this. I find that plausible. Yes. On the other hand, I wonder if you're making this film today. Do oh, you, you don't. You don't. You, know, you don't do that. You, do you, you, you no. don't go near that now. <laughs> so, I mean, the sort of the a lot of the rest of it is sort of fair enough. It, yeah. it, it you know, of course, there's going to be lusty, bawdy shouts, yeah, as it were. Yeah. You know, and I mean, these these Russian women are Russian women soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. these are pretty hardcore. Oh yeah. yeah you know, yeah. 
probably all of these have killed more men oh, than yeah, any yeah, of these yeah, men. Yeah. <laughs> so they they sort of they seem to be taking it in fairly good yeah. heart. But yeah, it is yeah that is the one bit that sort of um, well, it's interesting because I was wondering. You know, now we've run the two together, sort of you know, Danvers Stogwood. Is there if you were making this film today about prisoners being held in a um, German POW camp? Would you have so many of them being very obviously Jewish and sort of very much playing up sort of New York Jewish stereotypes? And that's a very interesting question. I know. You, I mean, now you say it. Obviously, they are all yes, and yeah. indeed, and indeed, a lot of the actors are Jewish, and of yeah. course, Billy Wilder is Jewish. Yes. What happened to Jewish POWs? The honest answer is I don't know. So you know, the bit when they're all sort of you know impersonating um, Hitler, etc. It's very funny, but uh, to watch. But you've, you, you, once it's clicked, yeah. you're like, is this, is this, is this okay? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think that's okay. I yeah. think that's one of my, that. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, it's very good. Actually, it's very, very and good. I love that scene. That, and if we're going to, if we're going to talk about that scene, yeah. my um, loose lips uh, yeah. award for best lines, which is a film full of great lines. Great but lines. how do you expect to war the, win the war with an army of clowns? <laughs> we sort of hope you'll laugh yourselves to death. I think. I mean, that's just. <laughs> Oh, well done. Well done, everyone involved oh, in that. These, <laughs> these Nazis aren't kosher. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> yes, such a good line. Yes, that's great. <laughs> um. The Casualty List. It's a low body count film. It's a low body. It's three. Three. I was, was going to say. Yeah, two, two yeah, at start, two, one at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Best death. I mean, I'm giving it to Peter Graves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah similar, definitely the most yeah. cinematic. I mean, the great. You're right. The opening is good, but it's the, good. But it's but yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything about that is great. Yeah. Cooler King of War for the most gratuitous American character. Well, I mean, well, to be fair. I mean, I mean you yeah, know, but there were there were Americans in the war. I think yeah, they can have yeah. this one. It's, um, yeah. And it's you know just going back. It is interesting. Like, I I just think of this as such a sort of. St- I think of the POW movie. About airmen in a German campus, sort of stereotypically 1950s, 60s. It's British. I hadn't yes. realised this was you know an American thing that we then ran with. So, I guess you know the Great Escape is not the great injustice. I mean, I, I think yeah, well, I, I think we can still argue that it's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but yes, it's interesting that this is before the Coldit story. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know when the Coldit story book comes out, no. um, and obviously. The Coldit story. I think the Coldit story then takes it in another direction yeah. and, and creates a whole yeah. lot of the sort of the archetypes. Yeah. I think that this is not because actually this is not the film that you would watch if you wanted lots of details about tunnels, yes, and stuff. Yes. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and how do you so escape? It's, it's the and engineering actually, you coming out again now. If um, yeah, well, so I love this again, film. Not to, enough thing. Not enough about tunnel engineering. To go to go to the broadsword radio implausible yeah. moments. All of this escaping looks tremendously easy. Oh yes. If it's this yeah. easy to get out of this camp, why are any of them there? <laughs> <laughs> and cold it story and the great escape yeah. sort of do all do all of that much better. Yeah. But um, introducing a tiny part who went on to be a legend. Um, we've talked about Shapiro and Animal. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. become the wallpaper of uh, films. Peter Graves. Did you recognise Peter Graves? I didn't. Security. Oh. I'm going to defend this as a future star. Um, go on, go on. He is Mr. Phelps in Mission Impossible in about five seasons of that. Okay. I mean, he, he, he prematurely yeah. gray, grays, which yeah. you can see this. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and do you like gladiator movies, Duncan? Oh. He's the pilot in Airplane. 
Oh, oh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. Yeah, that. no, he's a, he's a I mean, proper, he's much proper better than Adrian Mole's dad. Yeah, she's <laughs> and stayed married to his wife for seventy years. There we go. Until there we his go. death. Uh, so yeah, nice chap. Best meme. Do you, would you want a meme of uh, thirty Jewish guys turning around dressed as Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> would you just want to put that gif up on Twitter under any circumstance? Um, no, um, um, no, that's probably not the one I go for. Um, what would, what would you go for? I I I struggle. I mean, yeah, well, I struggled with memes. Yeah, to be it's honest. not very memeable um, because it's theatrical. Because it's here. Yeah, because it's theatrical. I the scene that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, really well filmed is the bit where we, where Peter Graves is revealed, where security is revealed as yeah. as the baddie, and yeah. there's, I mean, yeah, again, you see the funny thing is all, all this stuff about well, you know, could could Wilder really direct cinema and this kind of thing, and then you look at a scene like yeah. that where in the background the action is theoretically in the background, but in yeah. the foreground here is this guy, he makes the move, and it's all done, you know, it's all done without words. It's yeah. it's there's one cut in the middle of it, yeah. but it's in. Incredibly well done, and it's just menace. And it's, again, it's showing you before yeah. before any of the characters, and you then see Sefton, who is re- who realizes at that point that a message has been passed, but yes. doesn't know who's passed it. So he's sort of one step behind you. Yeah, all and of that really, really nicely yes, done. I all of that is great. I think that's um, you know, people saying Billy Wilder can't do it. Where's their Oscar, I Rob? I mean, Where's their Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> Stiffest upper lip. I mean, there's moments when Sefton. I mean, I think Sefton after the beating. Yeah, it's about to say when you know he's. Yeah, yeah they, they think he's the informant. He's not, and he's yeah. I yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could maybe Dunbar the, the lieutenant when he's being tortured, but he's not. He's a bit of a wuss about it. To be yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have caught Dickie Attenborough all that lying around. No, I mean, it's sort of very American, very yeah. emotional. Just because yeah. you're being tortured. That's <laughs> um, it's which brings us on to the nastiest Nazi. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Who is clear, he's clearly the commandant? Yeah. Nice, nice touch having him pull his boots on. Yes, to, uh, to on the, yeah, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice shiny new boots. Uh, yeah, because it's one of those ones, isn't it? Where it, it's that what again becomes a trope of sort of na- nasty overseeing, yeah, um, commandant boss, and then actually sort of all right, sort of me- middle manager of the prison camp type. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've done, we've 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 skipped ahead for most of the categories, but Judgment at Nuremberg. Now, we, this is actually an interesting film in that there is explicit discussion of whether, of as yeah. it were, future judgments at Nuremberg. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> uh, war crimes. We're told that the treatment of the bodies is a war crime. Is that? Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of dialogue early on yeah, where the, yeah, where yeah, yeah, um, yeah. where he says, "No, you're supposed to Geneva Conventions. Those you're supposed to." I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, they're all barracks room lawyers as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The guy they've they've yeah. elected as their barracks chief is the most barracks room lawyer yeah, of all yeah. of them. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Um, and obviously, the whole Geneva man. Yeah, you know, know yeah. so, so um, torturing somebody, yeah. making them dip, sleep deprivation, and so on. Although, well, so if you believe they're a Gen- saboteur. Well, it's difficult. You can't talk yeah. to them. It's difficult, isn't it? Just stepping back for a second, because we're doing this all out of order now. But if you, if this sort of Geneva man turned up and he'd brought you a ping pong ball, would you be happy? Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, like the list of things I would possibly want if I was imprisoned in this prison of war camp for years. Like you know, well, thank you know, thank, thanks for making the effort, but you know, it's a ping pong ball, isn't it? I yes. So I mean, one of the things you don't have in this yeah. obviously is all of the MI9 escape yeah. equipment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Helen Fry's MI9 book is very good on this. Yeah. Um, 
the 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 huge efforts that went yeah. into sort of sending in you know monopoly board games and if it had a full stop on the free parking that meant yeah. that there was a map of germany underneath and yeah. that kind of thing and again this is it's not that kind of pow film yeah. There's a great story in one of the Colditz books about somebody. There's sort of there's a parcel search at Colditz, and you know each parcel yeah. is opened in front, and there, there has to be a British officer there, yeah. and there has to be a German who is opening it to search it. Yeah. The German opens it to search it. It's just literally just full of escape equipment, <laughs> not disguised as anything. Yeah. And they both sort of stare at it. And then the officer just grabs it. The British officer grabs it, starts running through the courtyard, <laughs> throwing this stuff over his shoulder as fast as he can. <laughs> And it'd obviously been sent just purely on the off chance <laughs> yeah. that this would work. Tremendous. And it more or less does, because everyone's like, oh, wire cutters, right, <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah, so, but, well, do we think that that's plausible? I think it's, I do sort of think, with, with all of the chaos of war stuff, yeah. you know, do I think it's plausible that, that the Red Cross might have sent dozens and dozens of boxes of ping pong bats? <laughs> yeah, <just like> <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we doing with this? their own game. <laughs> um, yeah, I find that completely plausible, yeah, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> Duncan, is this the operation to change the course of World War II? No, we can swiftly move on. I'm afraid it's not. <laughs> it's just, you can't even make the argument, no, can you? No. no. A, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Dunbar's, that, you know, done his bit of sabotage. Yeah, done his, his bit best. of sabotage. They're they're involved in the bombing campaign. Yeah. It's interesting actually hearing them all sort of talking about you know all of these English places yeah. that they're based out of. Yeah. I am. Have you seen the trailer for Masters of the Air yet? I haven't. Good. It's good. I've I've written to them and said, "Hey, you know, we've got a podcast." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if anyone involved in Master of the Air probably is listening, uh, Duncan and I would love to come and yeah, talk about Master of the Air. Um, out uh, break so, the chain, 1980 rule. Yes, yeah, so it does. But I I'd be willing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it doesn't change. It, I mean, yeah, it does even the American bombing campaign change the course of World War II? Yeah, yeah. I'm not how, sure. How long do you have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very live question, yeah. but um, probably not. Worth dying for. It's a good film. I'm really pleased I sat down and watched it again. I will probably add it into the Christmas rotation, not this year. I have now watched years. it three times in the last 12 months. <laughs> Because uh, I wrote about it last year yeah. for uh, for the critic um, as a Christmas film, yeah. um, uh, available online, um, and uh, yes, no, I I will watch it again before Christmas twenty twenty four. Excellent, definitely. So um, that's Starlink seventeen. Um, right, oh, I need to do some next week, don't I? What do I need to do? Um, uh, um, well, this is sort of right. Hey, yes. Hello. Oh, that was great. Um, well done. So we got about five minutes. Um, so yeah, did you do the interview of the one point ahead for Starlink? Right, I've done. I've done all the. I've, we've done all the um, like subscribes, and so yeah. uh, right. So at the end of episode seven, did you point forward to episode eight? Um, I, I can do that. I can do that now. If uh, no, I did. I did. I'm sure I did. Okay. Uh, I can't remember. Um, um, I think you did. I need to do a sort of sign off. Sign off, and we'll be back for one Christmas special. Shall I? Yes, but um, say to be revealed. Yeah, and I'll say if you subscribe, the best way to find it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was Starleg 17, and that was the end of this run of A Pod Too Far. Thanks to everyone who's joined us. It's been brilliant fun. 
We will be back Special in... Special thanks to those who subscribed. We like them more. Yeah, we do. They are, and especially if they left, left five-star reviews, which they can do on Spotify or iTunes or yeah, wherever, and they, and get wherever they get their podcasts. Wherever they get their podcasts, yeah. We will be back before Christmas with a Christmas special, but we don't know quite when that will be. And the best way to ensure that that lands on your podcasting device is to... Subscribe. Subscribe. And then we'll be back in the new year. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.